Could the ACC be going away from divisions? And could this be happening soon? A trio of Boston College players are invited to the NFL Combine. And has this basketball season already been a success? We'll give our kind of halfway to three quarters of the way season analysis. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I am also the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. For all of you who are listening for the first time, thank you for checking out Locked On BC. We are a daily Boston College podcast. We're the only one out there that does this five days a week. We give you all the news, insight, and analysis every single day so that you're up to date on the Eagles. All I ask of you is if you enjoy this, give us a five-star rating on Apple, iTunes, or Spotify, and follow us on YouTube. That would be a great help. So let's dive in and talk about our big topics of the day. Now, one of the topics about ACC football that I have been harping on since I've had this podcast and years and years before is the divisions. I hate the divisions in ACC. There's the Atlantic and the Coastal. And the reason I don't like it is because it's not because Boston College has to play Clemson every year. That's fine. You know, you want to play the best teams in the country. But my bigger issue is the scheduling disparity. Boston College does not get to play some of the other teams all that often. I mean, I put it on our site earlier today. They haven't played UVA at home since 2010. That's 12 years ago. They're not doing it again this year, so it's going to continue. I believe it's every 13 years they play a home game against one team on that in that division. Well, I have been saying that they need to get rid of it. I think they need to get rid of these divisions as soon as possible. And, you know, we've heard buzz throughout college football that there's been a movement for this. And Jim Phillips uh, spoke with Andrea Edelson of ESPN on Wednesday. Uh, her report came out that said this could be happening sooner rather than later. Phillips is trying to reimagine how the ACC uh, competes in, in at football. And one of the big things he mentioned was getting rid of the divisions. So I, man, I would, that would be amazing. Because as we saw, we got a test run of this in 2020. This was the year where Boston College played, it seemed almost a whole coastal uh, a whole coastal schedule. They played Virginia, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, Duke. They only, only I think they only didn't play Miami. So BC, you know, that was a fun year because you got different line, you got different uh, matchups, you got you didn't play every team. It gives you a little bit of freshness. I love that. I, I am all on board with having a little bit of um, a change up here. Now, the, the bigger issue would be the conference championship. And for them to get this through, they have to get a waiver approved by the NCAA. And it sounds like there's a couple conferences that are considering this. I think the Big Ten was the big one that I've heard a lot about. I know that they're thinking about that. Kevin Warren, their, uh, their, um, their commissioner, was thinking of that. And I believe the Big 12 is thinking of it, too. So it's not something out of the realm if some of these teams kind of apply for it. But as I was saying, we saw this in 2020. We saw what BC did, but we also saw how good it can be for the conference itself. Remember, last year was the year that Notre Dame had that one year fling with the ACC in football, um, and they made it into the ACC championship. And why was that good? Well, just for the sake of pretending right now, right? 
you got the two best teams. You got a rematch of one of the best games of the year. If you remember back uh, earlier in that season, that was the great game in which uh, Ian Book led Notre Dame to that monumental upset over uh, it was DJ Uyagalale and Clemson. That was a humongous win. That was very, very big. And then Clemson goes out and smacks them in the ACC championship. Well, that was great. That gives you the premier matchup because the two best teams in the conference, the team that had the most wins, got in. Instead, This is instead of you know shoehorning who's going to be in the Coastal and who is the Atlantic and then just figuring out who's the top team in each division. And that's given us some, you know, not not the, the premier matchup. We got a good one this year. Pittsburgh and, and Wake Forest, that was, that was the best. But there's been years when Clemson has played. Uh, they played UVA a couple years ago and... They played some other teams that weren't all that great. I want the two best teams. And I think everyone in the ACC wants the two best teams. So next year, like, wouldn't you rather have, if it's Clemson and Wake Forest or Clemson and BC, I'm saying that because I know you guys want to hear that, Clemson and NC State. I mean, the Atlantic is setting up to be a much better uh, division than the Coastal. It would make much more sense just to get the top two teams. And then on top of that, just like we saw in 2020, sometimes that's going to help you get in to the playoffs. Remember, 2020, Clemson did end up beating Notre Dame, and then they both ended up in the playoffs. And isn't that kind of what we want to see out of the conference? So I liked I liked this idea, and I uh, and you know, Phillip seems like he's been a man of action. He's definitely you know he he came in and said they were going to get Comcast for the ACC network. It took him a couple months, but he got it. Um, and this is uh, Adelson said this is going to come sooner. Uh, it could come soon. So hopefully this will be something that we'll hear maybe 2023, 2024 um, and then figure out the scheduling around this alliance. Remember, the alliance is the Big Ten, the uh, ACC and Pac-12 because there could be some real fun matchups in there. And hopefully if the three conferences can figure out their schedule and get this going, um, you'll start to see some really cool, unique matchups that we haven't seen before. Now, Phillips also talked a little bit about why he didn't want the playoffs to be expanded. Uh, you know, he really made, you know, before this interview, the ACC was kind of the black sheep in college football because they really uh, put the kibosh on the ex- expansion, which, of course, the SEC wanted, other conferences wanted. Uh, but, you know, he, he said he was speaking on behalf of his members and they had a whole bunch of guys. I think it was Boo Kerrigan of um, of NC State just saying, we don't want to just you know expand for the sake of expanding. We need to figure out what's going on in college football and make the smart choice. And I think there's some validity in that that thought process because you want you, it seems to me like it's just this sounds great. Let's just do it um, without really thinking it through. So. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with expansion. I like it. I know some athletes, um, Miles Willis, who is formerly a Boston College running back, tweeted at me that, you know, it's just another game for football players. Now they're going to have to play extra. Um, and I get that. I You know, I, it's hard to see. So, like, I think college football in general is changing all over the place. We see it in the SEC. ACC needs to adjust as well. So it's good to think that, know that, that Phillips isn't just sitting by and letting us all go past him, that he's actually starting to consider some changes within his conference. And hopefully there'll be good ones and ones that could get AC, the ACC, you know, into that conversation and, and to protect them in the, um, in the college football playoffs. Now, in a moment, I'm going to talk about basketball. And I want to look at 
whether I have been impressed with if not that I've been impressed, whether this first three quarters of the season has been successful or not. You're going to want to hear my thoughts on that. Now, Bet Online has got you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As, followed, as football continues its march through the playoffs, right to the big game this week, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with real live updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Head on over to BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. I wanted to uh, thank all of you who have made Locked On Boston College your first listen every morning. If you haven't done that already, make it part of your daily habit. Whether you're driving to work, walking the dog, uh, cooking breakfast, and you just want to get your Boston College news, make sure you make Locked On Boston College your first listen. And check out Locked On ACC as well. I was on there with the great Candace Cooper on Wednesday. I'm on there every week talking ACC sports. I talked about the winners and losers of the Senior Bowl. I uh, discussed Kenny Pickett versus Sam Howell and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, check out Locked On ACC on YouTube or wherever you get a podcast. So, Yesterday, or sorry, on Tuesday, Boston College lost to Syracuse, dropping them to 9-13 and and 4-8 and in the ACC on the season. And I wanted to kind of just take a step back and look at the, the grand scope of things and talk about what, what, you know, where is this program right now and are they really taking a step in the right direction or are there still some concerning signs? So, first of all, the defense. Without even looking at the stats, the defense is is a mile miles miles better than it was in twenty twenty one. Use in twenty twenty, excuse me, under Jim Christian, Earl Grant has really pushed this physical style of 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 defense on his roster, and it's paying dividends. You're seeing the defense not give up so many stupid baskets. I mean, they did at the beginning, but you know, it's a new coach, new system, and there was all that. COVID stuff that was going on where with breaks and all that. But once they've kind of gotten into the rhythm of it, you don't see as many defensive lapses. That's good because you're, it's the first year with the coach with a new system. You got Jim Molinari in there, who is a, a defensive wizard wherever he's gone. And he and Grant have really started to solidify this defense and make it, make them um, very good. And I think that they are definitely taking a step in the right direction. Again, are they perfect on defense? No. Are there times where they make they slip up and make bad mistakes or miss coverages or miss miss uh, switches? Yes, they're still doing that. However, is it taking a step in the right direction? That's what we're looking at here. Yes. The offense, is that taking a step in the right direction? I don't know. I don't think I I would argue it hasn't. And I, I see some concerning things with this offense. First of all, the three-point shooting on this team is abysmal. They're shooting about 30% on the season. But there's games. I mean, look at what they were doing yesterday on Tuesday against Syracuse. They shot 7% in that first half. One of 14. You're not going to win games like that. And I don't know if the answer is to just give up on the three-pointers because you do need them at times. You need to stretch the floor. Or, it, you know... Or just, you know, really limited it. But, like, when they're shooting like they were shooting, that was, that was, it's scary. Like, you're not going to win games. And there's been multiple games where BC's shooting 20, 15, 25%. Is that concerning? Yes. Could it be fixed? Sure it could. 
And I, the reason I I I worry about it because you don't like you, obviously it's a it's a it's a gnarly number and it's not it's not showcasing very much progress there. But what I see is a team that doesn't have a shooter. You know, Brevin Galloway is he does his best at times, but you know he's a guy playing basically on one knee. I, you know, he's missed a bunch of time because of that knee. And you have to wonder. Someone had sent me a message. You know, I wonder if he's struggling. I mean, he shot one for twelve from three point range yesterday on Tuesday. If he's struggling because of his knee issue, he you know he obviously would never say that, but it's it's, it's worth thinking about, right? But BC has no shooters. Now they're going to have to get some guys in, and Donald Hand is a very good shooting uh, guard, and Prince Aligby is is a good shooter, uh, shooting wing. They're going to get some guys in, but can I say that they've taken progress in that? I don't think so. You know, they're they go through those stretches still every single game where they're just woefully uh, inept at scoring back buckets. So. Still a real big area of concern. How about the game-to-game management for Boston College? Is is Earl Grant improving on how he's coaching his games? Um, you know, I've heard people complaining about how Grant doesn't call timeouts when he should be. He lets things kind of get away from him. Um, I've I've liked some of the adjustments that Grant has made. Um, I I think back to the pit game. I think the two pit games show a real shows a good. Uh, example of Grant adjusting. And that was um, John Hugley, their big center, was um, who scored 30-plus points the first time Pitt beat them. And then the second game, BC held them to nine points. And obviously Grant adjusted to that and fixed it. And, you know, he has had those games where you've seen the team fix some issues on their offense or defensive side. So I, I have been pretty happy with his in-game coaching. Um, I, and I think he's going to continue to improve. Um, and, and once he gets the players that fit his system, they'll be good. Now, win totals. Is it been a step in the right direction? Yeah, it has to be. Like, BC's had one really bad loss this year in terms of disappointment. That was that Albany loss. Obviously, that was a game... Everyone would wish to have back. And there's been some bad ACC losses. The first UNC game was bad. Um, and there's been a few in between. But all in all, they have four ACC wins, which is a positive at this point. They still got games that they can still win. And I think that's what you need to see. Now, the last piece that I want to see for BC is some um, development within the roster. And, and specifically one guy, Gianni Thompson. Now, this guy came in as a four-star recruit and has played off and on for various amounts throughout the season. I don't, And I have had a hard time gauging what uh, the staff is doing with him because he didn't play at all on Tuesday. I mean, I, I'm not sure if they're worried against, like, a zone defense. Like, you know, they're playing that 2-3 zone. If he's going to struggle against that. But it, regardless, he just wasn't playing. And so BC needs depth. Gianni Thompson gives you that depth. Kanye Jones gives you that depth. BC needs to develop those guys. They need to get them out there soon. You know, we're not they're not playing right now to get into a tournament. Like, if there's points to get them out there, get them out there. So that would be my one piece I would really like to see. Um, and we'll go from there. I mean, there's only a couple more games left, and we're already off to the offseason, and we'll start talking baseball soon. So in a moment, I'm going to chat with you a little bit about the NFL Combine. Three Eagles are going to be going, and I was a little surprised with some of the names that were left off. Thank you for making Locked On Boston College your first listen. The NBA trade deadline is today. 
February 10th at 3 p.m. And the Locked On NBA podcast will be covering it live from 2 to 4 p.m. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. This is Locked On Boston College AJ Black. On tomorrow's show, we're going to recap everything else going on in the world of Boston College sports. There's new stuff coming out every day, so you're going to want to check all of that out. But let's chat about some of the things that came out on Wednesday. First of all, the NFL Combine released their numbers of players who are going to be attending the event. 324 players were announced, three of which were from Boston College. Now, two of them, not really surprised, and one of them we already knew about. So Isaiah Graham Mobley, we already knew was going to go because he announced it on his Twitter page last week. Uh, he was a linebacker, a transfer from Temple, played nine games this season, has had the injury bug for years, but he has some good speed, and he, you know he was a good energy for that defense. Uh, so he'll be going down to Lucas Oil Field in Indianapolis at the end of February. The other two names weren't big surprises. Obviously, Zion Johnson's going to go there. I, you know what? I should I say obvious, but part of me also wondered if like he's done so well already, does he really need to go? But you know, you want you want to do the lifts and you want to do some of the drills. Zion Johnson's going to be going. Um, he's already pushed himself into the first round uh, with his work at the Senior Bowl. Now he's going to practice and see how you know, in front of teams and coaches will all be there. Let's see how he does at that. And then the final Boston College player to go will be center Alec Lindstrom. Lindstrom just finished at the Shrine Bowl where he, you know, start he played some center. He's going to be a center heading into the draft. He's going to probably be either the second or third center drafted probably in the third day of the draft. It'll be an important workout for him. You know, he's got... Of any of the, uh, you know, of between him and Johnson, obviously he has more work that he needs to prove to scouts. So uh, Alec Lindstrom will be going there. Now, those three, you know, I, I obviously knowing that Graham Mobley was going to go, that did that made that made a lot of sense. But I was surprised that a few names didn't pop up. I thought Trey Barry and Brandon Sebastian would have gone. Brandon Sebastian more than anything because he just had a really strong Shrine game. He played, you know, we just had Mitch Wolf on who talked about Sebastian's play and talked about how he he did he did really well. He's a guy that you'd want to get those measurables on, but he won't be able to do that. And Trey Berry, you know, he's a little bit more of a stretch, but he's someone I thought, you know, given how he's played and um, his position, you know, there's only a few tight ends out there that are going to probably get drafted. I have to wonder, I thought he might get there. Now, for all those guys, so it's Sebastian, Dre Barry, Ben Petrula, Travis Levy, I'm sure there's a few others that I'm missing, uh, Brandon Barlow, they're going to do a pro day at Boston College, and Trey Barry let it slip um, to someone at the Senior Bowl that is going to be March, th I think he said 19th. Uh, so that's going to be a big event for these kids because, you know, right now, if you're looking at the NFL draft, and we'll have Mitch talk more about the draft later, it seems to me that Zion's going to be a first-round draft pick. I would probably say Alec Lindstrom's probably about a fourth-round. Sebastian's probably a sixth-rounder. Trey Barry's probably a sixth-rounder as well. And every other guy will probably be a undrafted free agent at this point. So, But there's a lot of time between now and that NFL draft at the end of April. So we'll have to see where these guys end up. Um, I was a bit of, it was a bit of a surprise. But three guys in the, in the combine, that, that's a good number for the Eagles. And finally, let's talk a little bit baseball. Baseball's right around the corner. It's We're in the midst of, you know, Boston just got about 18 inches of snow last week. We've had ice and all this other stuff. I'm ready to start talking baseball because 
I, nothing gets you ready more for spring than than the crack of the bat and, and getting those games going. And I know Boston College usually starts their season off in Florida or down south. I think they're starting in South Carolina this year. Um, and that's that 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 and the, during those last few snowstorms, it really helps you get through it. But now for all of you down south already that are not dealing with snow, God bless you because I hate I hate snow blowing. But I, this is the life I chose to live, right? Well. Two quick notes about BC baseball for this year. Now, the coaches did their annual preseason media poll, and I bet you can all guess where Boston College was picked. Dead bleeping last. Um, and that's kind of the respect this program has. I mean, they've done well at different times. I know they struggled last year, um, but we'll have to wait to see how they do. And so uh, they're last, and they're going to have to show that they, they're going to have to earn some respect out there. They're going to have a new pitching coach. I, they hired one in the offseason. they got a few other coaches as well uh, that are joining Mike Gambino, and this is going to be a big year for them. I mean, he's getting to that point where he's going to start to show some results out there. Uh, the other piece of news for BC Baseball, five Boston College baseball games have been picked for national broadcasts on ACC Network, um, they announced. Those games are Wake Forest on April 3rd, UConn on April 20th, Virginia Tech on April 23rd, Florida State on May 7th. All four will be playing at Harrington Athletic um, Village for the first uh, for the first time um, since its inaugural season of 2018. And there's a bunch of other games that will all be on the ACC Network Extra, mostly the Louisville game and uh, games against Merrimack. So you can check all those out. I love that. I, I, I loved it last year, uh, you know, when, when the games were closed to the public, that you could see um, all these games on the ACC Network. And there were so many that you could find. I, I kind of hope wish there would be more. Like, you know, even if they can't get a, an announcer to go with it, just to watch the film of it, it, it it's helpful. But... That, that's not for here or there. Uh, in terms of BC News, again, we're in the midst of dead season for football. A few new offers came out. We're going to cover all of that at bcbulletin.com, so check out our work there. Thank you all for listening. I hope you all have a good Thursday. Make sure to check me out on YouTube. Um, every morning, there's a new premiere episode. It's all of this. Um, I'd love to have you guys listening to it on that. It does help us a, a lot. So go to YouTube.com, hit that subscribe button, and turn notifications on so you get when the new episode comes on. And just listen to it while you're at work or on your phone or whatever on YouTube. It does help us a lot. Thank you all for listening, and make sure to follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. Have a terrific Thursday, everyone. We'll see you all again in the, soon. Take care.